Today's show is another show that you should watch uh, with your sons, daughters, your family, particularly if you have young people who don't understand the founding of this country, who don't understand America's true history. Uh, I'm going to take a tragic event in Kansas City as the Chiefs celebrated their Super Bowl uh, title, and it turned into a mass shooting and a place of violence and a, a terrible memory for those of us with strong connections to Kansas City, have family and friends in Kansas City. I lived in Kansas City for 16 years. I'm a Chiefs fan. Uh, many people that I love uh, were, are in Kansas City, were at that parade yesterday. Uh, we're gonna talk about it. I'm gonna make some big picture analogies about what's really going on in this country and what's really politically dividing us. This will be another important episode of Fearless with Jason Whitlock. Welcome to Fearless with Jason Whitlock. I'm Jason Whitlock, your host. Happy Thursday. Thanks for joining us uh, today. Uh, we will have a uh, fantastic show uh, today, an important show. It will not be an upbeat show, um, but it will be important. So uh, gather people close to you, people you respect. Uh, tell them to uh, partake in today's show. It's going to be a fascinating discussion, a fascinating explanation. Uh, this episode is brought to you by our very good friends at Good Ranchers. Can you tell, that's why I've been upbeat this week. Good Ranchers is back. We love Good Ranchers. You can fall in love with the beef, chicken, and seafood all over again by subscribing at GoodRanchers.com. Use my promo code FEARLESS to get $240 in free bacon with your order. Uh, thank you, Good Ranchers, for drop, uh, jumping back on board with us here at FEARLESS. And I need my FEARLESS soldiers to jump back on board with Good Ranchers. Let's show Good Ranchers the love they're showing us. Uh, guys, I wanna get right into uh, our fire starter today. Uh, it's important. Uh, it, it's gonna be a bit of a preview of tomorrow's show. I, I'm just gonna be completely honest with you and transparent with you. I've already taped Friday's show. It's an interview. Uh, with someone who I think is very, very important. Uh, we taped it yesterday, and it will piggyback this conversation. It's going to add an additional layer of substance to the fire starter and the conversation that we have today. So uh, let's get to it. Vince Everett Ellison, an author and historian, identified the simple misunderstanding driving America's widening political divide. Who or what is the source of our rights and freedom? In his documentary, Will You Go to Hell for Me?, Ellison argues persuasively that this country's founding documents, the Declaration of Independence and U.S. Constitution, posit that God is the source. Ellison further contends that modern political progressives believe government legislation determines our rights and freedom. Ellison points to the 1964 Civil Rights Act 
as a second American founding based on the premise that federal lawmakers control the unalienable rights Thomas Jefferson, George Washington, and Ben Franklin credited to our creator. I've been pondering Ellison's work for the past three weeks. It began when I watched the interview he did with TPUSA founder Charlie Kirk on the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Ellison is a critic of the civil rights icon. He blames Dr. King for convincing black Americans to seek salvation in government rather than God. Ellison points to King's I Have a Dream speech as the defining moment for the retardation of black Americans' faith-based mindset. A single line stands out to Ellison from the 1963 speech. You guys recognize it, but 100 years later, the Negro is still not free. That's from Dr. King on the March on Washington. So if freedom truly comes from God, which it does, how can anyone who believes in God look to man or government for their freedom? If man acknowledges that he is a child of God, how can he define equality based on the attitudes and treatment of another man? For black Americans, King identified the government and white people as the source of freedom and salvation. This is at the root of America's political and racial divide. There are two groups of Americans. One, those who authentically believe God is the ultimate provider of freedom, truth, and every other essential need. The second group, those who believe man is the master of the universe, arbiter of freedom, controller of weather, and definer of truth. God versus man, American exceptionalism versus Marxian theory explains the fundamental disagreement roiling American culture. I thought about this yesterday in the aftermath of the shooting spree that killed one woman and injured 21 others and marred the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl parade. As we are prone to do over social media, the incident sparked a debate over gun violence and gun control. Given the darker melanin of the three known suspects, it also ignited a publicly muted, privately pervasive discussion about race. Are black Americans prone to resolve conflict with gun violence? People disconnected from a biblical worldview will draw the wrong conclusions from Wednesday's tragedy. They'll blame guns or they'll blame skin color. They'll do so out of sincere ignorance or a desire to overturn our founding principles. I want to remind you of what John Adams, our second president, said famously and accurately. Our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. I want to translate that for you or just clarify that. Our Constitution does not properly govern a secular society a.k.a. a mass of people who reject God as the source of freedom and every other essential need. D do you understand what John Adams is arguing and what I'm backing up? He he's saying the country was designed and founded on biblical principles that our Constitution only serves and works for a moral and religious people, if you remove morality, which is what happens when you remove God, 
When you remove religion, you're removing moral, morality. There, there's a lot of secular people, non-believers, atheists, who think they developed the moralities that we all live by. They deny the obvious fact that our entire concept of fairness and morality and ethics comes from the Bible. If man left to his own devices, if man, without the wisdom, the collected wisdom of the Bible, man is out of control and primitive and stupid and immoral and perverse and all kinds of other things. And so the founders put together a constitution, put together a declaration of independence, put together a country that was intended for a religious and moral people. The con they're not saying that the people within America and that the things that were going on in America at its founding were moral and obedient to religion. They're saying the constitution, the documents, were written to govern a moral and religious people. And so when you remove respect for God, when you remove respect for religion, now we have a constitution that does not serve the people and people have a fundamental misunderstanding that's all connected to the discussion we were having yesterday and will continue to have the rest of this week. We don't understand the first and second amendments. And so when, when, when John Adams is talking about the Constitution, religious and moral. If we don't understand the Constitution, we don't understand the First Amendment prohibits the government from making laws that impede the exercise of religion, free speech, freedom of the press, freedom of assembly, and the right to complain about the government. That's the First Amendment. And the first thing that it prohibits is stopping anyone from doing anything to regulate and prohibit the exercise of religion. So that's the founder saying, don't get in the way of the people and their relationship with God. The government, don't do that, never. That, that's our number one priority. That's why they made it number one. And then they backed it up with the Second Amendment. It backs those rights with a gun. There is no human freedom on this earth that man is unwilling to defend with a gun. See, there, if, if, if you don't have the gun to back up what you believe, your freedom, the, the founders are like, government will steal this from you. Man will steal this from you. If God isn't seen as your primary source of freedom, and that's why that's spelled out in the Declaration of Independence about where our rights and freedoms come from, from a creator, from a higher power, from God. The gun protects the rights that God gave us. You do not have to like guns, but it's important that you understand why they're necessary on this earth. Your God-given rights depend on the Second Amendment. If man or government is the source of your freedom, you don't need a gun.
many Americans, but particularly black Americans, have been convinced that the government is their Lord and Savior. This includes many Americans who attend church on Sundays and Wednesdays. God is their insurance policy, not their primary provider. He's a 401k, a savings account they want to tap into when they're hospitalized and at death's door. On the surface, it's a smart strategy. In reality, it's a penny stock with no real value. Do you understand? Let's, let's take a moment here and just, I want you to understand what I'm saying. There will be people that go to church every Sunday and Wednesday. They know every gospel song. They know most scripture. They know it all. They look the part. They have signed up for an insurance policy. They don't, it, it, it's a backup plan. And they're execute, smartly executing their backup plan and consistently executing their backup plan. But their main plan, the plan that they live out six or five or most every other day of the week is that the government and politics and politicians, those are my real masters. Those are my real providers. Those are the people that I will serve on a daily basis and defend with my life and take all kinds of risk for. So they have a insurance policy called faith in God. Their primary care physician provider is the government, is a politician is legislation. Now, thanks to Dr. King, Martin Luther King, and the promotion of racial idolatry, many black Americans have been seduced by Marxism, communism, socialism, and feminism. Popular culture, corporate America, academia, and mainstream media have been infiltrated by Marxist theory. Affirmative action, diversity, equity, and inclusion are fruit from Karl Marx's tree. We think of Karl Marx's political theory as relatively harmless compared to racism. Nothing could be further from the truth. There will be former slaves and other victims of unfairness in the, in the eternal kingdom. There will be no Marxists there. Marxism's prohibition of religious faith snatches souls eternally and sentences its proponents to a defeatist mindset right here on earth. A high percentage of American blacks have adopted a Marxist mindset. They believe in the matriarchy, feminism, and the disrupted nuclear family. Like misguided or bigoted white people, many black Americans believe their dark skin is an obstacle to success. They've yet to come to grips with the fact they're lab rats in the most dangerous social experiment in the history of mankind. People who reject God as their ultimate source of life and freedom have financed and incentivized the destruction of the family structure God designed. The matriarchal culture foisted on and embraced by American blacks 
produces chaos, violence, degeneracy, and sexual perversion. The shooters at the Chiefs Parade share the exact same worldview as the women you see marching on the streets for the right to slaughter babies in the womb. Both groups, the feminists, the racial idolaters, they've tapped into the wrong power source. Their role models are Martin Luther King and Margaret Sanger. Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood. King and Sanger were allies. That's the first half of my Firestarter. I have things I want to add to this and, and further just dig in and try to help you understand why what happened yesterday in Kansas City and the conversation that it sparked, they're all connected to who's your power source? Who's your source of freedom? Who's your ultimate provider? And we're not talking about what you say. We're talking about what your actions tell us about what you actually believe. Because we can look, I could sit here and tell you I don't like McDonald's. But if you catch me at a McDonald's drive through, it's like, oh, man, he does like McDonald's. He's just lying to us. And so people. Well, oh, I love Jesus Christ. Oh, I'm a Christian. But they don't have any understanding of how to back up that belief with actions that are consistent with that belief. And this entire Marxist progressive government take care of me diversity, equity, inclusion, affirmative action. The, the white man is all powerful and racism is the worst thing that's ever been invented in the planet. That's all the mindset of someone who doesn't really uh, believe in God. Because once you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that whole victim thing goes out the window. It's not even a possibility. And so you don't talk about it. You don't build your whole life around it. You don't tell the government to, oh, my God, do everything to protect me from racism. Because you're walking with the king of kings. And he's providing you all the protection you need. All you have to do is follow his instructions. And that racism it won't stop you from doing a dang thing. It, it can't steal your freedom. I, I'm going to expound, but I, I want to take care of uh, <laughs> my insurance policy when I hop on the Internet. Uh, because, look, you hop on the information superhighway, you need a seatbelt, and Covenant Eyes is my seatbelt. There are a lot of companies out there working against you, your marriage or your family. You've heard about them on this show. But here's one company that is on your side, our friends at Covenant Eyes. Covenant Eyes has been the number one trusted software for over 23 years for Christians seeking to live a porn-free life. 
I know pornography isn't an easy topic to hear about, but it must be talked about. It's a silent killer. Porn is damaging marriages, families, and impacting the work of the church by holding people hostage to this secret sin. Maybe you've experienced this in your life or seen this in the life of someone you love. Victory by Covenant Eyes is a powerful tool that helps Christians who are serious and want to quit porn for good or never start. Victory combines industry-leading technology with decades of experience and leadership in recovery content, accountability, and behavioral change. Scripture teaches us the importance of being accountable. Proverbs 27 and 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one, purpose, so one person sharpens another. James 5.16. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Once installed, the Victory app runs silently in the background of your devices and uses cutting-edge AI technology to watch the screen for behavior that doesn't match your goals. Next, you will invite a trusted friend to be your ally. This is someone that can walk beside you through the ups and downs of recovery. Your ally will get a push notification of any porn use and reminders to have accountability conversations, even if everything is going well. Living a porn-free life will bring you a new freedom to live honestly and remember accountability is not others calling you out on your sin, but others calling you up to the person you are in Christ. So what are you waiting for? Anyone can get started on their path to recovery for free by visiting CovenantEyes.com and using my promo code FEARLESS for 30 days free or by clicking on the link in the show notes today. Listen, we're on the information superhighway. We all are constantly. You need a seatbelt. Even if you have no intentions of driving off the information superhighway, the wrong direction or in some off ramp, you know, you shouldn't get on. Put your seatbelt on covenant eyes. All right. Uh, before we uh, I want to take a little break, collect my thoughts, and I'm going to come back and uh, expound a bit more on what I told you in the fire starter. There's, there's some other dots I want to connect. I want you to fully understand this. Uh, don't go anywhere. I'll be back with more in just a second. Charlie Kirk, previously on Fearless. I don't think he should have a higher approval rating than Jesus. So how do we explain that? We explain that that we have built this mythology around MLK in the modern era. Now, some myths are important, Jason. I'm actually okay with certain myths. I'm okay with certain people of history being larger than life and something we aim towards and something that we want to lift up. But we must be very careful when we do that. I, I think people that we lift up should be Washington, should be Lincoln, should be Jefferson, the actual founders of the country, where MLK, in my personal opinion, and based on every objective analysis, he actually gave us more race focus and, and less emphasis on character and conduct. All right, welcome back. I, I, I want to walk you through uh, some of the things I saw on social media, some of the tweets that I saw, because I don't think all of these people are uh, 
tweeting these things, saying these things, have these positions on guns and on the Second Amendment. I don't think it's all out of malicious intent or some agenda. They don't know what they don't know. And they don't understand because it's just not taught in school properly. I, I, I think it's in 1962 where we passed laws to remove the Bible from school and, and started making it difficult and or impossible or illegal to reference the Bible and to reference God in, in school. So think about what I told you about what John Adams said, that the Constitution only works for a moral and religious people. And so and then think about what all the founders said, even though even those that were maybe lukewarm Christians or not as passionate Christians as all the other founders. But there was universal agreement that the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution were biblically inspired. And so and then think that you get 200 years down the road and someone says, hey, uh, now I know this country was founded on these documents that were biblically inspired. I know that John Adams, one of our founding fathers, our second president, said, hey, this constitution that the whole country's built around, it only works for a religious and moral people. But we're going to remove talk of God and the Bible from schools. So if, <laughs> if the documents that founded the country are based on the Bible and, and, and you remove the Bible from being taught in schools, no wonder people don't understand how this country works and how it was set up. No wonder there's so much confusion. No wonder we don't understand the relationship between the First and the Second Amendment and why the First Amendment that prohibits the government from regulating, doing anything to impede the exercise of religious faith is the first priority. And then the freedoms that come from that are the first priority. And then the second priority is like, and this is backed up with a gun because we know that the government and we know that secular people, we know that atheist people, we know that evil intentioned people will try to destroy and take away these freedoms and rights that God has given you because that's man's nature to be disobedient to God. And so the founder said, and here's a gun, uh, when they come for your rights and freedoms that God gave you, shoot them. We don't understand that relationship because it's not taught in school because we've removed the Bible from the school. And so I'm sympathetic when I read and hear what many of my peers, colleagues, other people think about what happened in Kansas City and what they think the solution is. They don't know what they don't know. So I'm going to read some of these tweets and, and <clears throat> I want to be sympathetic because it's an opportunity. It's a teachable moment for a lot of these people. And I hope that they watch this show and don't get caught up in, hey, we're all supposed to hate Jason Whitlock. Stephen A. Smith said everybody hates Jason Whitlock. And Jason Whitlock's the devil and blah. 
just deal with the truth of what I'm explaining and telling you. So uh, RG3, Robert Griffin III, the ESPN broadcaster, tweeted out, kids can't go to school, believers can't go to church, families can't go to the grocery store, friends can't go to a concert, and now fans can't go to a Super Bowl parade without the real fear of being a part of a mass shooting in America. What are we doing? Then he had a second tweet. Mass shootings are not a political issue. Men, women, and children dying from mass shootings are not a political issue. Thoughts and prayers are not enough. America is a great country. Put the politics aside, work together, and pass laws to ensure we are no longer known as the land of mass shootings. This isn't a political issue, according to RG3, but he wants politicians to pass laws to fix a non-political issue. Think it through, RG3. Just think it through. He, he just doesn't know what he doesn't know. America is not known as the land of mass shootings. We may have more mass shootings under y'all's definition than other countries that restrict, that have far more restrictive gun laws. But that's not what America's known for. He, he needs to stop all that line, stop all that cap, and that's an exaggeration. America is known as the land of the free. And that's why people from all over the world are trying to immigrate, many of them illegally, into this country on a daily basis. And it's because of the unprecedented freedom that we have. And what are the sources of that freedom? And I'm going to be repeating this over and over and over again until hopefully people understand it. And I, I will sound like a broken record today. But the founder said, Thomas Jefferson said in the Declaration of Independence that the source of our freedom and our unalienable rights come from God. And, and so Declaration of Independence defines who's the source of our freedoms and our rights. God, not man. And then they write a uh, constitution with a bill of rights. And the First Amendment is don't get in the way of the people and God. And then point two is here's a gun when they do try to get between you and God. It's peanut butter and jelly. They, they go hand in hand. And so if you want the freedom that everybody around the world seems to want and enjoy and why we have lines of people and there's been a history of people wanting to immigrate to this country, they sit around and go, man, they got gun violence over there, but look at all that freedom. And I would rather have freedom than safety. And you know why people, why men and societies choose, particularly Western civilization, Christian countries, choose freedom over safety? Because we know this ain't it. This, this earthly realm is not it. We're, we're not as petrified of death as the non-believers. And so we'd rather Enjoy this freedom that comes from God. And if it costs us our life, this freedom, 
it's worth it. Because, hey, I'm going to go chill with God. And that's going to be far better than this here. And so all of these advances we've made in this society that we all now take for granted. All this comfort that we now take for granted. It's because we chose freedom over safety. America, we did high risk things to build skyscrapers, to build railroads, to build roads, to blow up mountains, to to carve a route out west. All these things cost people their lives. But they chose freedom over safety. That's how we're supposed to live. When you're a Christian, fear does not control you. God is in control. RG3, I hope that helps. Stick around. I'll probably rehammer that point and try to say it in a different way as I continue. Rich Eisen, who I like and respect at the NFL Network, tweeted out nine children, nine children who went to a parade to celebrate their Super Bowl team. Nine children now being treated for gunshot wounds at Children's Mercy. When are we going to collectively realize there's a gun problem in our country and do something sensible for our kids? Rich, I get it. You're a parent, and and that's the easy, non-controversial position. But the truth is, if we really want to do something for our kids, and this is a truth that Rich is, you know, he's too connected to the NFL, too connected to corporate media to make this point. And that's why I ask a lot of these guys who aren't in position to follow the truth wherever it leads. If you work someplace where it's like, if I go down that rabbit hole and discover that truth and talk about that truth, it's going to cost me my job. The best thing you can do is just sit it out. Sit sit quiet and say nothing. Because here's the truth. We don't have a gun problem in America. We have a family structure problem in America. Everybody knows that if you move into a community filled with daddy, mama, and kids all in the same house, in a marriage, in the natural family structure that God designs. If you're in a neighborhood, in a community, surrounded by people who come from a two-parent, two-parent, man and woman, family structure, you're not sitting around worrying about gun violence Uh, just jumping out and killing you. It just doesn't happen. Now, you move into a neighborhood where daddy ain't in the house, mama's working a job or two or constant overtime, and kids are unsupervised a lot of the time, Oh, you living in a high violent 
area, dangerous area where gun violence may jump out and get you at any time. Yes, that is factual. And I, Rich Eisen and many people in the media, they're not bad people, but they're not in position to go down the rabbit hole and just follow the truth wherever it leads. They can't talk about this because the people they answer to are financing the destruction of the American family. Now, is there one particular demographic of Americans, black people, who are at the forefront of this social experiment, the destruction of the natural family, the destruction of God's design? Yes, black people are at the forefront. We're the lab rats for that experiment. And we've embraced the experiment. We Yah's queen and praise the matriarchy and black women can do no wrong and they're the smartest people on earth and, and oh my God, they're our Lord and Savior and you better bow down and listen to a black woman. She's going to save you. The matriarchy is queen and king and oh my God, did you watch the woman king? Did you go see Black Panther, uh, Wakanda forever? Yes. We have fallen for that garbage. And the corporate media lies to us and won't address like, hey, man, you've lost your mind. Matriarchal culture is lethal and dangerous. And you move into any neighborhood that's dominated by a matriarchal culture, you're risking your life, you're risking the life of your kids. These are facts. And they must be dealt with. And, and so what Rich, and I say it respectfully because I'm telling you I like Rich, but what many of these people in the media need to do, it's the deep end of the pool, you're not allowed to swim out here, it's not your role. Talk about point spreads. Talk about Taylor Swift. Talk about uh, cover two defenses. Talk about was Travis Kelsey open on this play or that play. But talking about what's harming American culture, what's putting children at risk. It's the matriarchy. It's the destruction of a family system that has worked for thousands of years. Every great society has been based on man, woman, and child in the same home, in the same relationship. This whole blow up the nuclear family, we're going to disrupt the nuclear family. It's a prescription for death. It's a fact. And, and, and you're sitting back, and this is where, like, Dr. King is right. Your silence is violence. As you sit back and, and, and are afraid to tell black people and anybody else, the LGBTQ and anybody else, like, what are y'all doing trying to disrupt the nuclear family? Don't you know you're committing suicide 
and you're harming American culture? Don't you know you're making all of us unsafe? We can't even go to a Super Bowl parade because the risk of some unparented child losing control of his emotions and pulling out a gun and harming people is too high risk because that person has been denied what God had for him, mama and daddy. Not daddy, not mama alone. God wanted you to have mama and daddy developing you. And we're denying a demographic that intentionally. And then we look up and say, man, that group is out of control. Well, of course they are. This country only works for a moral and religious people that moral and religious doesn't mean perfect flawed, that flawed sinners are holding. But the way this thing was designed to run and operate. You can't divorce from God. Cannot be done. And so this little social experiment that they're running and black people, are the lab rats for. Hey, we're going to see what life is like when people have no respect no obedience for God. And then we're going to see what, what, what life is like. And again, anybody, any scientist looking, if they're looking with uh, binoculars or, or uh, what are they, a lens or, or just studying the lab rats and looking at all the chaos and violence that goes on in their neighborhoods. They're like, whoo, whoo. You take daddy and God out of the home, Lord have mercy. Look at the hell you've unleashed. These are facts. We have to deal with it. Jason Lockenfor with CBS, he tweeted out, it's the guns. It's always the guns. It's access to the guns and the types of guns and the NRA blood money buying off feckless and ghoulish politicians. That's the American way. <laughs> Go to any community, any state, any city where a large percentage of the community is uh, two parent families, nuclear family. Go to Montana or Idaho. It ain't the guns. They got guns. But they got mom and daddy. And they got a Bible and they believe in God. It's not the skin color. It's mama and daddy and a belief in God. So, the, oh, it's the guns. It's the guns. There's plenty of people with guns. Plenty of poor people with guns. My mama had a gun when we was growing up and we were poor, but we had God and respect for his way. My daddy carried a gun every day of his life. He had respect for life. It's not the guns. It's the unsupervised 
kids that are growing up in a culture of unsupervised kids that, that have been fed a mentality and a mindset of I'm oppressed. I'm owed something. God and Jesus Christ. That's the white man's evil religion. This nation is, was unfair to me 150 years ago or 100 years ago when I wasn't even around. And so I'm old, so I got a chip on my shoulder and I have no respect for life because I don't respect myself because I was denied my father, my father above and my father here on earth. Taylor Twellman, if you argue against the regulation of firearms after seeing 10 people shot at a Super Bowl parade, then get your brain checked to see if it works. And while you're at it, check the heart too. Disgraceful. Imagine when the World Cup is here, why would a visitor feel safe? I agree. If, if, if the World Cup has events where the unsupervised and the unparented will have access, oh, it's going to be a dangerous thing. And, and, and again, guys, I lived in Kansas City for 16 years. It's my second hometown. I, I know Kansas City as well as I do Indianapolis. I spent my first 18 years of life in Indianapolis, moved to Muncie for four or five years in college. Then I moved to where did I, Bloomington, Indiana, and then Charlotte, North Carolina, or Rock Hill, South Carolina, and then Ann Arbor, Michigan, and then 16 years in Kansas City. I'm a Chiefs fan. I, I, I know that city well. And, and what happened yesterday has been bubbling and building for the past four to five years, ever since the Chiefs started winning Super Bowls. The, the, the parade for the Super Bowl, for the, the post-championship parade, has, becoming, has been becoming more and more debaucherous and more and more dangerous year after year. I had friends that went yesterday, and one of the things they told me was like, oh my God, it felt dangerous. The parade did. You had to go through so much weed smoke. You had to go through so much filthy rap music. You had to go through so much Dudes that look like thugs and gangbangers before you could get to the actual parade. This, this, and I want to be careful because I don't want to point a finger of blame at any of the individual players, but I'm just going to speak truthfully about what people in Kansas City have told me about how did we get here? How did, how did it turn into this? And the amount of drinking and, and the, the and again, this goes on in every city, but these Super Bowl parades defined by the players, Travis Kelsey, throw, throw Tom Brady in there, all, the drinking and the drunkenness that we now all expect to go along with the Super Bowl parade. It just kept building on itself in Kansas City. And now the Super Bowl parade in Kansas City is a place for thugs 
and drug users and people that want to get drunk and people that want to play gangster rap music to come. Hey, it's an all day party. The kids in Kansas City are all let out of school. No one has to go to school. And, and the players have said, hey, come here and we're going to get sloppy drunk and act like idiots and you get sloppy drunk or high and act like idiots. Look, virtually every professional athlete in the NFL and the NBA, they love to promote marijuana use. Love it. It's harmless. It's great. Anybody that's got a problem with getting high is an idiot. This is all part of the social experiment that's being run on America, families, on the American people. Pleasure, whether it comes from drugs, sex, however you get down, just lean into it publicly, privately, in every avenue. Come get drunk, high, and act buffoonish with the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm not trying to sing off the Chiefs. This is commonplace with all of these sports celebration parades. And that's why the progressives have taken over sports. Because they know they can control the culture through sports. And so if they can get all the athletes on board with, yeah, smoking weed and gangster rap music, and being a thug, and dressing like a thug, and acting like a thug, that's what we all do. And so, Kansas City's Super Bowl parade, Gangster Paradise. Should we be surprised that the gangsters started letting some bullets fly, and now children are harmed? Adult, a mom was killed? There's no surprise here. There's, there's, <laughs> and <laughs> we, we want to talk about guns, but we don't want to talk about the culture that creates irresponsible gun use. We, we see other cultures. We see the two parent culture and what it produces. They don't have near the gun violence. But the unparented, disrupt the nuclear family culture, smoke this weed, get sloppy drunk culture, yeah. It produces random violence. And, and we can't, so you know what? This is the deal they're telling us. Hey man, uh, we gotta let people get high, we gotta let, let people get drunk, we gotta let them act like thugs, and and so in order to do that, we need to take your guns away. See, that they can be thugs, they can be high, they can be drunk. They can have all the wrong values. They can have no respect for life. They can have no respect for adults. They, they can have no respect for authority as long as we take their guns away from them. And, and what they, the deal that those of us that believe our freedoms come from God, the deal that we're rejecting is like, nah, man, uh, these founding fathers gave us this gun to protect our religious freedom, to protect our relationship with God, to protect the rights and freedoms that God gave us, not government or man. So I'm sorry, I'm not going to give up my gun. 
because I know what the government will do if I do give up my gun. The government will start taking my freedoms and rights that came from God. And so in order for me to protect or to uh, protect the rest of society from the irresponsibility of the people that reject God, I have to give up my freedom. I have to give up the gun that guarantees my freedom. No deal. No deal. And so you can sit around and blame me. Jay said they don't want to give up these Second Amendment clowns. They don't want to give up their guns, and that makes children vulnerable. No. What makes children vulnerable is the destruction of family. Because you love to talk about the mass shootings. There's mass slaughter every day inside these abortion clinics that the people that don't believe in God churn out and slaughter and kill babies on demand. You never say a word about it. You actually go out and protest for the right for them to kill babies in the womb. And then you pretend like you care when a baby gets shot at a parade. You kill them inside the womb and you celebrate it and that's a freedom and that's a right. And how dare anybody attempt to take that away from me. Miss me with all of it. Miss me with all of it. The, the, <laughs> and again, I know I'm repeating myself, but I have to because I'm telling you some of this stuff is just. You don't understand. And if it's not repeated, you got to hear it over and over. Because, again, that's the way everybody learns. You don't get it the first time. It has to be presented to you in several different ways for you to fully understand it. But there are people running around who think that uh, slavery, and again, I've talked about this on the show before, but I just want to, that slavery is worse than abortion. And that uh, slavery is worse than Marxism and communism. And they're just dead wrong. There's just they're just dead wrong. There will be, as I said, my there will be former slaves in heaven. There will be no Marxists in heaven. So what's the agenda? Are we here to save souls? Because Marxism snatches souls, destroys souls, is completely antithetical to a Christian worldview, is hostile to God. Preaches against faith in God. Destroys souls. There will be no Marxists in heaven. There will be former slaves. And so I would rather be a current and or former slave than a Marxist. Marinate on that. That will take you some time to think through. Because you've been programmed into believing. Oh, <laughs> oh God. slavery, racism, it's all. Oh, there's, there's nothing worse. Slaughtering babies in the womb. 
far worse. Imposing a Marxist worldview and a Marxist system that eliminates God on people. Worse than slavery, worse than racism. Those people will not have eternal life. Their souls have been snatched. I'm not done, but I, I want to take care of another one of our great sponsors. And guys, I'm not against responsible drinking. I want to be clear here as we talk about Coppercraft. After you tried all the big brand names, you realize what's missing, the personal touch. Small batch spirits are the only way to enjoy the finest libations the USA has to offer. Discover premium, premium American-made spirits from Coppercraft Distillery. Coppercraft Distillery award-winning black label straight bourbon whiskey is crafted along Michigan's manufacturing coast, where industrious auto manufacturers, furniture makers, farmers, and entrepreneurs have created quality goods and exported, exported their handiwork across the nation. These craftspeople have given us a rich heritage, proving that craft and time yield incredible results. The same is true for incredible whiskey. Our distillers artfully source and blend the finest ingredients to create premium small batch whiskeys with rich, smooth flavor. Follow the distillery online to discover a new way to enjoy old favorites with a wide selection of tried and true recipes featuring Coppercraft vodka, rum, gin, bourbon, or crack open a Coppercraft canned cocktail for an instant mixed drink to enjoy. Buy online and ship to your door at coppercraftdistillery.com. Use my promo code FEARLESS. Thank you. So, <clears throat> I, want, I want to get back <laughs> to some more tweets and, and just some more thoughts. And this is from a guy that I really like, respect, he's a believer. His tweet's interesting here, but this is Kurt Warner, the Super Bowl champ, Hall of Fame quarterback. I'm sick of guns and I'm sick of knowing families uh, go home to a lost loved one again today because of a senseless shooting. And I'm sickened by the sick people that use them to shoot other people. What are we doing? Follows it up. Tweet number two. One of these days, I'd love to have a sophisticated conversation not sure that's possible, about this because I feel I'm a very realistic, level-headed person. Can't do it tonight and don't need a bunch of people telling me who I am or what I believe. Just know something has to change. Not the worst tweet, but Kirk, I do want, Kirk, <laughs> I do want to have that discussion with you. Uh, I hope that you, someone points you to this show, today's show, and, and that you understand that the rights and freedoms that we enjoy, that are come directly from God, they're backed by the gun. Wise people gave us the gun because they knew that our rights and freedoms that were given to us by God would come under attack from the government and from the secular crowd. It's not the guns. It's the culture. It's the destruction of the family. Quincy Avery, yes, do away with the Second Amendment. Quincy, I used to think exactly like you. I, I used to think that silly thought. But reality jumped on me, and I got a deeper understanding of how this country was formulated, 
where <laughs> where our rights come from, how they were established, how the Declaration of Independence and the crediting of God for our rights and freedom. That's the justification that we use to end slavery, to end Jim Crow, to end segregation. The Constitution, the First and Second Amendment, the Declaration of Independence, these were the tools that believers used to improve this country. We don't need to do away with the Second Amendment. We need to do away with baby mama culture. And that will require some hard work and a return to God. Y'all looking for easy solutions. You're looking for political solutions for spiritual problems. It will not work. It will not happen. Shannon Watts. Over 800 police officers were at the parade today and over a million civilians who were allowed to be armed. Yet they couldn't stop a dozen people from being shot. More guns makes us less safe. Chiefs Parade. Shannon, uh, you're, you're, you're just wrong. And I, I'm hoping you're watching this show. And, and I, I don't, you don't have to make some quick decision. Just think it through. Do your own research. Just your position is illogical. It's supported by most of social media, by corporate media. I, I get it. But it's just not well thought out and it ignores fundamental truths that we all know are in play here. No, one of these people, if they really want to legitimize themselves, argue it this way. Hey, there's two factors here uh, killing people. The breakdown of family and it's too easy to get guns. Say that. Say, say that and I will not object as loudly. But when you leave the real driving force out of this. The destruction of the family, unparented, unsupervised, undeveloped, unraised, undiscipled children. Are pulling these triggers. When you leave that out. Like uh, you, you really don't want to have this conversation. You're looking for a quick fix to a problem that's the founders. How could they see it in 1776? And you can't see it 250 years later. You take God out of a country that was designed for moral and religious people that has founding documents based on the Bible. And we've removed God from it. And we wonder why there's no respect for life and why we have so much chaos and young people out of control. It's no surprise here. Uh, Jamel Hill, I'm not arguing with you all anymore because as a nation, we've shown we're unwilling to blame we're unwilling to blame everything else but the gun itself. Hold on to your guns and imagine your red dawn fantasy. Tomorrow, tweet the same thing because that's when the next mass shooting will happen. Go back. I want to re read that again. Jamel's a special kind of uninformed. I'm not arguing with you all anymore because as a nation, we've shown we're unwilling to blame everything else but the gun itself. Is the gun 
mentioned somewhere in the Bible in, in terms of like having free will? Have, having any right? Does a gun get up? Did a gun say, yeah, I'm going to go to this cheese parade today and I'm going to let a few of these rounds off. Let me hop in the shower, put some clothes on, drive down, walk down to the parade. <laughs> you can't blame the gun. It's no I can't blame the double filet of fish sandwich for me being overweight. I did that. Filet of fish don't come knocking at my door and just hop in my mouth. I, I did that. We have to live in a world where human beings take responsibility for what it is we do and have done. That's the mindset of a patriarch. That's the mindset of a person that's built for responsibility and accepts his role as a leader. I don't blame Jamel Hill for not accepting her role as a leader because she's not a leader. She's a Yas queen. She's a matriarch. She thinks she's built for this when she's not. And so she will, oh, it's the gun. No, it's what we've done. It's what the it's what the shooter was denied. When 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 <laughs> when you go to a prison and and you start looking at the violent criminals who are locked up in state prisons, which is the overwhelming majority of people locked up, the, this myth that everybody's locked up on a nonviolent drug crime, that's a joke. That's not true. When you go look at who's actually locked up, it's violent criminals. And when you go look at the common denominators that put them behind prison walls, it's a broken home and drugs. What does the progressive left promote? The disruption of the nuclear family and drugs. <laughs> it's... <laughs> You don't want to take responsibility for what you're promoting. <laughs> Mina Kimes. God, this is heartbreaking. Our kids deserve so much better than the way things are in this country. Our inaction on gun control fails them every day. So, And this, I'll end here with this. This is my problem with Mina Kimes. She's a mother now. I think she just had a kid. Mina's married. She's not going to deny her child a mother and a father. Mina is some sort of Asian. I'm not sure what her ethnicity is, but she's Asian. And I'd imagine she'd be like a lot of these Asian moms who are going to bend over backwards and break her back to make sure that her child has everything he or she needs to make it in this world. And at the top of that list is going to be daddy and a mama that demands that that child develops academically and intellectually. So that's Mina Kimes' plan for her child. She won't prescribe that 
to black kids because, this is my suspicion, maybe I'm wrong, but she probably thinks black people are incapable of providing that for their kids. See, who's the real bigot? I know it's all in the history books for American blacks. We used to provide our kids, mama and daddy, and a biblical worldview. And we were experiencing tremendous success and progress in this country. And we'll get into it. Make sure you watch the show tomorrow. Make sure you watch the show tomorrow with Vince Everett Ellison, because we get into this in some more detail about how we were closing the poverty gap all the way up until 1968. And then it stopped and flatlined on a dime. Because we don't want to provide, we've been convinced we don't need to provide, or we're so disconnected from God, we don't care to provide our young people what they need to succeed in this country. We've bought the hype. And there are many of you wise enough to know that when, as this lab rat experiment with black people ends, and now you're looking at, terrified, like, oh my God, they're bringing this experiment to my neighborhood. They're bringing this experiment to our women. They're destroying all American families. And I have to object and I have to put a stop to it because I don't want this for my family. I know it will be the death of my family. I know it will be the destruction of American culture. So I I think we're going to bring in Dave Shannon here. uh, And and I I just want to end my rambling on this, and we'll bring Dave Shannon on and get his thoughts, but I want to end it by talking about why Roll Call 2.0 is so important. Gentlemen, I have to have you here. Roll Call 1 last year was tremendous, and it was important, but this year it's so much more important. It is clear as day. We're headed the wrong direction. And if men don't stand up and take responsibility and reaffirm our role as leaders in this country, and if we're not willing to make the necessary sacrifices, particularly to our reputation, because as you assert your role as a leader, you're going to be called sexist. You're going to be called homophobic. You're going to be called a Christian nationalist. You're going to be called an Uncle Tom. They're going to say you got white privilege. They're going to say you're a coon or a sellout. Because you want to be in alignment and in obedience to your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You're going to get called all kinds of names. And so we must gather up 
together as men to encourage each other to make that sacrifice because without that sacrifice, there will be no growth. There will be no progress. Our kids will become more and more vulnerable. We're going to leave this generation's following us an entire dystopian, violent, dangerous mess. We can no longer afford to be cowards. Roll call 2.0, Friday, May 31st, Saturday, June 1st. I need you all to go to fearlessarmyrollcall.com, fearlessarmyrollcall.com. Need you to buy tickets, VIP events. We're putting together a little special deal. If you're a pastor or a church leader and you can uh, do a bus trip or a caravan with members of your church here, we'll provide you discounted tickets. If you can bring six people from your church, we'll give you a discount. If you bring a dozen, we'll provide you an even larger discount. If you bring 25 or more, we'll give you an even bigger discount on tickets to our event. But I have to have you here for Roll Call 2.0. Friday, May 31st, Saturday, June 1st. Uh, Snap up your hotels now. We're blocking off some hotels with some discounted rates. FearlessArmyRollCall.com. Dave Shannon there. Hello, Fearless Army. I'm Jason Whitlock, your leader. I'm going to spend 2024 discussing growth and sacrifice. Hard times are here. Harder times are coming. What has stopped American growth and caused a regression in fundamental freedoms and values? A lack of sacrifice. Our ancestors sacrificed for our benefit. We have not sacrificed to protect the progress they died for. No sacrifice no freedom. What impedes man's willingness to sacrifice? His ignorance, his perversion, his pride, his ingratitude, and his cowardice, his rejection of God. The Bible is a story about the power and the necessity of sacrifice. Sacrifice is the sun, rain, and fertilizer of growth. Growth is our life purpose. Grow in the knowledge, wisdom, fear, obedience, and reverence to the most high. Growth requires sacrifice will be our theme for Roll Call 2.0 this summer, June 1, right back here in Nashville. We're excited to welcome you. Let me spend a minute explaining what G-R-O-W-T-H actually stands for for us in the Fearless Army. The G is for game plan. In order to properly grow, it's essential We work from the strategic game plan spelled out in the Bible. The R, responsibility. As we grow as men, we understand and accept our responsibilities to God, family, and teammates. The O, ownership. We embrace ownership of our destiny. Outsiders do not determine our fate. The W, wisdom. We honor, value, and share the wisdom imparted to us by elders, coaches, and leaders. The T, trust. We must be worthy of trust. The reliability of a man's word defines him far more than popularity and material possessions. The H, 
humility, the reward for humility and fear of the Lord is riches and honor and life. That's straight from Proverbs 22 and four. Come join us in Nashville as we talk about growth and sacrifice and how without sacrifice, there will be no growth. Roll Call 2.0 right here in Nashville, Saturday, June 1st. Welcome back. Time for some chalk knocks. Dave Shannon, the Idaho potato, our main man from uh, Cross Politic. Uh, Dave, uh, welcome back to the show. Uh, you look great. Thanks for dressing up. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I want to start here. How did I do here in terms of helping people understand? Because when Vince. Everett Ellison, I saw him make this point three weeks ago, and then I interviewed him yesterday. We'll play the interview tomorrow. Uh, but he, he made the point that, like, there's a fundamental misunderstanding going on in America about where our rights and freedoms come from. And, and the founders clearly said, no, they come from God. And now we're having this argument today where there's a group saying, no, nah, they don't come from God, the government, and man decides that. And that's where I think the fundamental political and racial divide comes down to is like, who do you see as your source for all of your essential needs, God or man? I think that explains everything. Well, I think it also points to the fact that the educational system that has been teaching our kids for the last hundred years has been absolutely effective in making sure that they remove God as the standard of our freedoms. So you know, this goes back to something you were saying about fatherhood and, and manhood. You know, we forget that the education is something that comes from the home. So then if that's the case, then the government can do all they want to to try and take the Bibles out of the schools. But as long as you have control of the education, they can't take that away from you. And that's one of the primary things that we've forgotten. When you forget, I was thinking about this, Jason, and I just want to say when you it is critically important to understand the Bible and it all and, and it always becomes extremely critical to life when you don't <laughs> when you don't understand the Bible, you don't understand scripture and you don't understand what freedom is, what liberty is, who's supposed to have it, who's supposed to do what, what a man is, what a woman is. It has enormous consequences. Um, why, you know, even to the point of. Why do we even have the shooting going on? Why are people uh, coming and rushing to our borders and we don't have any protection there? Why don't we have any safety? Why is the evil rising in our nation? If we don't understand scripture, we're going to ask that question, why is it happening, and not have a real answer. But when you understand scripture, you're like, oh, we've turned to idols. We have not been the kind of people who, when we walk along the way and when we sit down and when we rise up, we teach our kids the scriptures and what God requires of, of us, that we love them with all of our heart, soul, mind and strength and love our neighbor as ourselves. Well, what does that look like to love our neighbor? Well, God laid it out in his law. But when you buy into this idea that your rights come or you can get tricked because you don't understand scripture, that your rights come from somewhere else other than God, then what you will do is you will follow that false God and following that false God becomes a judgment within itself because 
Idols always break the hearts of their worshipers. So why do we have the destruction that we have? Why do we have uh, the, the chiefs parade and people can't be safe there? Why do we have all that? Because we've turned away from God and have followed a false idea. And, and Jason, this is a very important point. The way that we know that we've done this more than any other way, and you proved it with these tweets, is that when people start complaining, they complain their complaining is prayer, and they are praying to the God that they think can solve their problem. We have shootings. God, government, come fix our problem for us. We have shootings. Hey, can we get enough people around to take authority? Aren't we in charge here? Aren't we the ones who are gods? Can we just say, let's do no guns? How we convince you of that? No, you can't. And, and, and the way that you get here is because you turn to idols. And so after you got done talking, Jason, I was like, I don't know why Jason's going to even have me on, because the only thing that everybody needs to do at this point, because you laid your case out so clearly, is to say, we've sinned. Like, we've forgotten God. I haven't. Yeah, my kids are buying into this idea that democracy is God and not God, as if we can be trans and change the idea of how the world's supposed to work. And if we get enough votes, now we can have power to say we can fix the problem with shootings. No. Men have wicked hearts, and unless those wicked hearts are transformed, we don't have the kind of place that America used to be. Dave, when you started out with the point of like, hey, it's up to men and parents to educate and train up their children. You can't do that, or it's much harder to do that in a single parent home. And, and so that, you know, God intended for it to be man and woman. It's a two person job and no one wants to talk about how now nah, we've actually turned this into a half person job because bo- even a lot of people are married, but both of them are off into the workforce and their primary responsibilities are making as much money as possible. And, you know, the, the the educational system is the daycare and the actual disciple, discipler of their child. It's not the parents. And, and so I look and, and I just wonder, like, how do we put the genie back in the bottle or how do we walk this back when so many people have now uh, see marriage as an obstacle or a burden or a impediment to their freedom or pleasure or, or whatever. And, and, and they have no respect for the nuclear family or the power of the natural family. And, 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 and again, it's just like, can I get a reparations check? And uh, can I get some kind of affirmative action program that will compensate for my inadequacies and, and put, put me in a job? It's 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 all just so unmanly that I just I just don't understand how we got here or just how do we fix it other than an awakening and a revival uh, or, or, you know, it at this point, things should be so bad that people would, would it like, oh, man, we've made a mistake here. Let's go a different direction. Yeah, I think that my answer is probably not going to be as satisfactory as everybody wants because everybody keeps looking for some sort of magic pill or silver bullet 
And I've just been beating the ground saying this for a very long time. The way that God has set up the world is so that we can fix the problem, but it's going to be not the way that we like because we share, unfortunately, we share the same sort of cosmology as Marxists where we're trying to figure out how to gather enough power ourselves that if we can get people now and we have the power, now we can implement the, the work of the way of God. But, but Jesus didn't do that, right? Jesus did come and said, my kingdom is not of this world, meaning that I don't do things the way that this world does things. I do things differently. And I want to start here where you talked about um, the idea of education and the parents' duty and responsibility, and it's hard for single parents. This is the one thing that's going to be the center of all of it. If we don't trust the Lord, we will be able to do nothing. If we don't have faith, we must believe God. And what I, and everybody's like, oh, I shake my head. I agree with you. But what I mean by that is when God tells you to do something, you do it. And you do it with what you have, with where you are, and you trust that he's going to fulfill his promises that way. And so if you are a single parent, if you're a single father, if you're a single mother, you know you have the responsibility and the command from God to train your kids up in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. Deuteronomy 6, when that's what you're supposed to do. And to turn your kids over to Caesar, don't be surprised when they come back looking like great Romans. All right? That's that's So you have the responsibility and the duty to believe and trust the Lord where he tells you to. And the way that he's de- designed the whole world to work— is he's created these lovely spheres of authority and power. So authority, you have a civil sphere, you have a church sphere, and you have the home sphere, but you have one more. And this is one that usually people forget. You have self-sphere, the self-governing sphere. And out of all these spheres, we don't always have the immediate power and authority inside the civil sphere. We're furthest away from that one. Our church, we have a a lot more authority, but we're not usually the heads of our church. We're people who are members and we have elders who are heads over us that we elect. But in the home and particularly in the self, everything there can change overnight. So I'm not concerned about people who um, don't understand what we understand. I'm concerned about the people who understand what we stand, understand. And because Jesus said, hey, Those people who are called by my name, if they humble themselves and pray, those people, then will I hear from heaven and heal their land. So our problem isn't with the people who don't know, it's with the people who know. And so what we have to do is to say, okay, I'm going home today, right now, and I'm going to transform every area that I have authority in. Myself first is going to be the initiator of this. I am going to repent of where I have not been rightly uh, trusting God. What have I been doing? I've, I've, I, I believe that God told me, the one who made the whole world, told me to raise my kids, and I don't believe I can raise my kids with my budget because God isn't powerful enough to take care of me? The one who made the world, and, and God's concerned about your budget and your finances, and that's what you're fearful of? The problem isn't the command of God. The problem is that we lack faith in God. My mom was a single mother. She homeschooled us. She took and she was a registered nurse. She wasn't always there. And she trusted God and God provided in every way. The children of Israel didn't have an army to get out of Egypt, but they trusted God and he saved them and he protected them. Our problem is the lack of faith that God is going to do what he said he's going to do if we obey him. But we want to try and be God because we can't see the outcome. So we want to change the world. 
It's really easy. We want to have a different outcome in society. It's really easy. It's going to take self-repentance, self-governing, and then implement it throughout the places that we have immediate authority in our house first and then in our companies. Our houses can change overnight. Fathers, men, single dads who have have, um, made mistakes and and guys who are single uh, fathers and the guys who are doing well being a father right now in their own home. Come home and repent to your family. Daddy had it wrong. I did this wrong. I have not been fearing the Lord. I have not had faith. Things are going to change around here. I am sorry. We are going to be a different kind of family that fears and honors God. And and live holy before God in that way. So kids, I've been letting you go to this government education school thinking that and putting your souls at risk. I shouldn't have been doing that. We're done. We're going to figure it out. And when you start thinking about that and having faith in God, all of a sudden, the way that we see everything else, God opens up our ability to have more authority outside of the spheres that we start properly acting in. Mm. Dave, that sounded so good. It's like I need to hear that again at roll call because uh, <laughs> that that's the advice that men leave. And that, that's the feeling I want them leaving roll call with is like, here's what I can control. Here's what I can do day one. And then we'll see. I'll do it again on day two. And then we'll see what happens on day three, four, five and six as I continue to control what I can control. And, and then because your argument is absolutely correct. When God sees you controlling what you can control, He's going to put more on your plate. He's going to give you more influence. And the next thing you know, uh, your next door neighbor or your neighborhood, everybody's going to start moving the way you move because everybody can see. Look at the results Dave's getting. Holy cow. Because literally that is what's been going on with me since the inception of this show in terms of, you know, engaging with you and TJ and Virgil and Anthony Delano yeah. and, and, and Shamika, that's what's been happening with me. I, I'm looking at y'all and the results you're getting, and it's in, inspiring me. And hopefully you guys, are whatever results I'm getting there is inspiring you. So, uh, Dave, uh, thank you so much uh, for making the time. If you have a final thought, I'll let you fire it off. If not, I'm going to let you go. Uh, you got a final thought? Have at it. You said it all, man. I just need to say amen and give you an offering. <laughs> well, uh, you got my cash app. So any- <laughs> that's Dave Shannon, Chocolate Knox. Thank you. Hey, uh, Dave, uh, God, uh, your guy's going to be here next week. Oh, yeah. Uh, Gabe. Yes. Uh, Gabe, Gabe, Gabe. Gabe's going to yep. be here next week. Yeah. We're having lunch. I'm going to have lunch with him. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Make him I'm going to disappoint him, though, because he. Yeah, no, we're going to have lunch here at the <laughs> studio. I'll, I'll feed everybody and he can. Hang out here in the studio. He's got some friends. But anyway, thank you, Dave. Uh, Appreciate We'll it. talk to you real soon. Uh, let's, I think that's it. We'll play tomorrow. And uh, don't miss tomorrow's show. Vince Everett Ellison. It's a conversation everybody needs to hear. It's about idols. And, you know, one of our biggest idols, MLK. It's a great conversation for Black History Month. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Came like a fighter, strike like a ladder, make
Oh 